Yes, Father, thank you that you are devoted to us. Thank you that you love us with a compelling love. Thank you that you have plans for us. And thank you because your plans will not fail. Our Lord, the desire of our hearts is that our hearts will be devoted to you also in this year. And it doesn't matter what context we find ourselves, what, what narrow way we find ourselves, that you will be our one devotion, our singular focus. And nothing in the environment, nothing in our hearts will have capacity sufficient to distract us from our one love. And Lord, we thank you because we know that everything that we will need for life and godliness will flow from this place of devotion. Thank you because you have made provision already and because we will walk in the fullness of the provision that you have made. So Lord, help us to aim correctly in this year to make love our aim, to pursue love with all our hearts so that your great name will forever be glorified amongst the nations. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay, so I would hope we will hand over now to Kweku, who will lead us through the next section. Thank you, Josh, for a powerful session. Um, welcome, everybody. We'll continue from where Josh left us. Um, Songs of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 8. The voice of my beloved. Behold, he comes leaping. Okay, can someone help me read? I can read for you quickly. What verses? From verse 8 to verse 10, please. The voice of my beloved. Behold, he comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, he stands behind our wall. He's looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice. My beloved spoke and said to me, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Thank you, Josh. So um, in the first section, we saw how God's love um, is should be our main goal, our pursuit for this love that God has for us and this love that we can explore with God. We, we, we would also see in this section that when, when you have a love relationship with, depending on the person you have the relationship with, um, you become of importance to the, the various things that are connected to that person. So let's say you are betrothed to um, a prince in England. Instantly, you're of importance to the queen of England and the whole, uh, UK people, every Brit is interested in your life, you know, 
the media want to know what you are doing. Not because you are a superhuman being, but because of the position you've come into or the position you are getting into. So our love affair with Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, he's the center of the whole universe. We saw in our Bible study in Colossians that he has preeminence over everything, you know? So for Jesus Christ to be true, to, to, to have a bride, to have a church, a wife, you know, to, to declare that he is in a love relationship with us. Everything is fixated towards us. We, 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 we cannot hide ourselves. You know, there is a story of Saul when someone wanted to anoint Saul as king. The Bible says, Saul, who was the tallest in all Israel, was hiding, you know. But someone took him out of a hiding place and anointed him in front of Israel. The same with David. David was at the backside of the desert uh, with sheep. But when the day came for the anointing to come upon So our marriage to Jesus Christ puts us firmly in public view uh, and makes us of importance to every being, okay? That is why um, Satan takes up so much interest in us because of the position we've come in. And our beloved Jesus Christ would want this relationship, of course, to grow. And we'll see uh, as we go on later, you would see his desire to want this to grow, to, to set us apart from all other people, to make us separated from all other people, all, all, all other living beings. And he starts with a voice, you know, he, he, he wants to speak to us. It's, it's a speaking, the voice of my beloved, the voice of my beloved. When, when you are in a relationship or intimacy with God, a lot of, a lot of time you hear God speaking, you know, and I always, in, in, my, in my life, I always look out for the voice of God in people's lives. It is, it is the sign of intimacy, or it is the sign that they are growing into God's inheritance and growing into sonship. It's very important. You know, there are Christians who don't care about God's voice at all. They don't know what God is saying about any particular situation. Once they, 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 they get into... Uh, since I'm saved, forever saved, I don't care. I'm in heaven. I'm going to heaven. I can do whatever I like. You know, the blood of Jesus covers me. And God's perspective on different subject matters does not come to bear. 
you know, everything is done anyway. I want to, I want to marry whoever I like. I want to live wherever I want to move to. I, I, I want to do whatever I like, you know. I, I join a church or a group. I'm offended. I leave. You offend me anywhere. I leave. I don't care, you know. It's 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 uh it's not a good sign of our of intimacy because there are things that the Lord will bring into our lives, you know, not all will allow into our lives, not to destroy us, but to test us and to grow us. So a lot of offenses come, you know. And the Lord will tell you, you need to learn how to forgive this, you know. You need to let this go. It's not that he's not aware, but it is all to bring you into maturity, to give you a lot of muscle and tough skin. So the voice of, the, of my beloved, very important. Wherever the voice of God is, the presence of God is there. So a lot of, when, when you have, Christians who have a lot of guidance in their lives, you you see that they're able to manifest God's presence and they're able, they have a lot of breakthroughs. Let me say that they have a lot of breakthroughs in their lives because they are not moving by the wind or by the world. They are moving by a voice, by an instruction that they've heard. So very important that we listen to this voice we, we take our Bible study serious, our prayer and intimacy, always listening, always listening, always seeking to hear the voice of our beloved who comes leaping upon mountains and skipping upon the hills. There, there is no mountain or hill too high for God. You know, there is nothing that God cannot overcome in order to reach us. Jesus gave a story about a um, hundred sheep that one got lost and the shepherd left the 99 for the one. So I can imagine, you know, Jesus just summarizes the story, but I can imagine if you are leaving 99 in a valley and the one has stayed off like has strayed off way beyond maybe two hills three hills according to that story or jesus's testimony he the shepherd jesus christ would keep on searching relentlessly and using the analogy of a shepherd a, a shepherd is not all-knowing you know if you are using an analogy of a shepherd, he's not all-knowing. He has to navigate. He has to look for footsteps, tracks. So it takes time. It's a lot of effort. And all of this is because of the love for the sheep, the desire to bring the sheep back into the fold, to keep the sheep away from danger. So every hill, every valley would be navigated, no matter how, how difficult it is. And I'm told 
you know, Israel, I'm told Israel is a very hilly nation. And some of their mountains and hills are very steep. Very, very steep. Uh, hopefully, the Lord will bless us one day to visit that land and we understand the various descriptions that are in the Bible well. But it's, it's a difficult task to climb mountains and hills just for one sheep, just for one sheep, just for one person, just for one beloved. It's, it's a show of utmost love. Then the verse 9 says, Behold, he stands behind our wall. I like this part because the same beloved who is jumping over mountains and hills now stands behind the wall. If you've climbed the mountains and hills, then jumping a wall should be quite easy. It shouldn't be a hassle at all, you know. But you see that the wall is personalized. It says our walls. But hills and mountains are not personalized. The mountains, the hills. But it says our walls. So these are walls that we have put there. These are walls that we have built to keep the beloved at a distance. And God does not break through those walls, does not jump those walls because his love is not forceful. It is very intense, a very intense form of love, overwhelming to the human mind, but it is never forceful. God will always respect your will. He will always respect your decisions. This is how you want it. This is how it will be. You know, if God could have stopped all of this, the fall and all of this, straight from Adam, God could have stopped it by taking away Adam's will. But love is not forceful. Adam decided, together with his wife, Eve, to eat the fruits. God does not go against their will. But out of love, you know, to show that he really loves us, even in spite of your poor decisions, I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to save you. But our walls, our walls, things that keep the Lord out. And you see that it says he's looking through the windows. So he, 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 he desires earnestly to bring us out of these walls, to take us out. In the, in the story of the shepherd again, and the sheep, uh, Jesus said, when he finds the sheep, puts it around his neck. He carries it and puts it on his shoulders. Okay. In that moment, if the sheep is very resistant and flees away, that opportunity is gone. So that whole story is also dependent on the sheep's willingness to give in, to submit to the love of the shepherd and allow the shepherd to carry it, take it back home and feast. 
And there are various walls that we can build that keeps God out. And Joshua was saying, you know, some like our ego. There are people who can involve God in everything, but apart from their relationship, you know, because I really like this person. And I think that when I ask God about it, he will say no. Because of the way the boy does not take church serious. So as for this matter, we will not talk about it. So, so there is a wall. God cannot get into that. God cannot get into that. And there are people who even have various dreams, indicators. God is speaking that this person, this person, no, they, they, they intentionally, you know, we intentionally decide that this is not up for discussion. And God will respect it because he loves you. He loves you. But I also encourage us that these walls, let's, you know, there is, as we are reading through this Songs of Solomon, you realize that, I don't know about you, but I, 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 I do realize that there is nobody in this world who loves me as much. So, if there, there, if there is one person that I shouldn't restrict access to any part of my life, it is this person who loves me with an unending love, a love that, that I can't measure or I can't understand. Even verse 10 to verse 13, please. Okay, my beloved spoke and said to me, rise up my love, my fair one and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come and the voice of the turtle the dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth her green figs and the vines with the tender grapes give a good smell. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Thank you. So we, we hear rise up twice. Rise up, rise up, rise up and come away rise up and come away so um god is emphasizing on that point that rise up my love come away rise up come away we saw god behind the wall and now he's saying rise up so we can see we can clearly see that these walls that we build they don't take us up they don't allow us to ascend into what God has for us. Otherwise, God wouldn't be saying, rise up. You know, uh, when we read the Gospels, there are a number of people that Jesus healed, and then the Bible says he lifted them up, like Jairus' daughter. The Bible says after he raised her from the dead, he lifted her up. You know, rise up, rise up, come out of it come out of your walls, rise up, come away, come away from the things that are drawing you back. Rise up, rise up. So rise up, rise up to where? 
Yeah, and then we can see that the the the, the picture that is painted in verse eleven and twelve is not a harmful picture. First of all, it says winter is past. So where we are rising up to, it's not a place we are going to freeze. Yeah. And the rain is over and gone. So a, a, wait, a picture of assurance, a picture that, you know, this place is safe if you can rise up and come. And come. God will only do us good. Yes, we'll, we'll have difficult times, difficult situations. But that is not because God wants, God wants to do evil to us. If God wanted to do evil to us, he wouldn't have sent Jesus at all. He would have just left us. And then we'll all be with Satan in the lake of fire one day. That's he, he that's it. I mean, it's it's so simple. It's so simple for God to just neglect us. But he has gone out of his way, out of his way to come to us, to rise up, rise up. I'm 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 fascinated by it. And that's why the Bible says angels do not even understand the gospel. Angels do not even understand the gospel. That's a God who is so large, who is so big. A God whom nothing and nobody is beyond or can comprehend will give himself and will give his love to human beings, people who have only rejected him and rebelled against him over and over again. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. And he keeps saying, rise up and come away. Rise up and come away. Can we go from verse 14 to 16 or 17? Verse 14 to 17. Okay. Oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. My beloved is mine and I am his. He feeds his flock among the lilies until the day breaks and the shadows flee away. Turn, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or a young stag upon the mountains of Bethel. Thank you. So, oh, my dove, in the cliffs of the rock, in the secret place, in the secret places of the cliff. So I mentioned of the secret place. That's the, the, the work of God in our life after we give in to him, to his life, to, to his love. The work that he does in us 
is hidden. And this happens in a secret place. Uh, to his work of sanctification, you know, to set us apart, to keep us for his own, is something that is done in secret. But the whole world will see later. I mean, there is a time that you'll be shown to Israel, you'll be shown to the world. But before then, a lot of it is done in secret. And you will see that he goes on to say, let me see your face, let me hear your voice. In this secret place, God wants to see your face and hear your voice. And notice how seeing your face comes before hearing, you know, that God is an intimate God. And with prayer, we have to have that sense of intimacy. Uh, prayer is not a shoe. Let me say that it's not a shoe. You don't, you don't pray to show people that you know how to pray. When I was growing up in Christendom, I, I had a lot of uh, contradicting thoughts or things that were difficult to understand for me. Because on one hand, I saw people in public gatherings who really knew how to pray, you know. When we know this, this man, when we give him the microphone to pray, it is a serious prayer. And then I noticed that in such, there are people like that in their real lives, the work of God was not evident. God's, God's presence, presence was not evident in that person's life. So the person was stuck in all kinds of um, works of the flesh and all kinds of um, backward activities that you wonder. I thought this is the fire prayer band that God has prepared for us. You know, prayer is about intimacy. We are not praying to show. And when we come to God in prayer, always have this sense that he longs to see your face. The Bible says they go from strength to strength, all those who appear in Zion. You know, God would, God loves to see you. He loves to see you. Even in this meeting, he, he enjoys to see you in this meeting. He enjoys to see you. And it is from that sense, have that sense, have that, that uh, knowledge, that, that view. And from that view, you would know that your prayers are heard because the person you are praying to longs to see you and is looking at you practically now as you open your mouth to pray. That makes you, that makes you even have more assurance in your prayer. <clears throat> and then <clears throat> we go on to see 
but it is I'm not able to see your screen, Josh. Oh, really? Can everybody else see it? Yeah, I can see it. Okay. Okay, I can see it now. Catch us the foxes. The foxes that spoil the vine. For the vine have tender grapes. The little foxes spoil the vine. The little foxes destroy our relationship with God. It, it hinders his work. Little foxes like the desires of the flesh and the hardiness of our hearts. Um, can we go to John chapter 13? So in John chapter 13, we have a picture of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus Christ was about to give himself up for our sins and he had a meeting with the disciples in john chapter 13. the bible says um he rose up and then he gathered himself with his garments then he took a cloth took a basin with water and began to wash their feet. Um, in Israel, Israel is quite, because it's a mountainous area, there's a lot of dust and dirt. So when they walk about and they come home or they go to parties, their feet is covered with dust. So the usual custom is once we get home, we start eating or we are ready to eat, the least person amongst us should take water and a cloth to clean our feet. So I'm supposing that at this point in time, when they sat down, each of them were looking at themselves. Would Peter do it? Would John do it? You know, will Andrew do it? Each one is expecting the other to do it. But the master of all, the head of all and the creator of all the universe took off his garments and took a cloth and washed their feet. You know, it's I I I I I I really I really like this picture of Jesus Christ that he's humble enough, he's so big and yet so humble. Normally you don't see that in one person, someone who is very dignified and very successful is hardly a humble person. But our Lord has that, it's, it's, it's marvelous. Anyway, so he takes a basin of water and a towel to wash their feet. And in verse 6, we go to verse 6. 
This is Simon Peter. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, you are not washing my feet. I like Peter, he's very vocal. So, Lord, you are not washing my feet. This is also an example of a war. So instantly, Peter pushes Jesus away. That no, you are not doing this for me. Then Jesus answered unto him, What I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter said, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered unto him, I like the way Peter speaks with assurance. You shall never wash my feet. He's so sure of himself. If I do not wash you, you will not, you have no part with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my head and my hands. <laughs> Peter, Peter, Peter. So in this work of Jesus Christ, which is a picture of the, the, the work he currently does now, which is sanctification, washing us, you will notice that Peter first said, no, don't wash me. So Peter is behind Jesus, that Jesus should not do it. And that's the thing about the flesh. We are always, we are either behind God or ahead of God. So he said, no, don't do it, Jesus. You cannot do it. You never wash my feet. And we stop the work of God. When Jesus now explains to him that, if I don't do this, you have no part with me. Now he goes ahead of Jesus and says, then don't wash just my feet. Wash my hands and my head. You know? But Jesus is looking to just wash your feet. So this thing about the flesh, which spoils the work of God, the, the, the work of sanctification, that we are either too behind, the flesh is either too behind or too ahead of God. You know? So, but God, God is moving with his schedule. So it's very important that we, we, we have this voice, the voice of God consistently in our lives. Paul said it this way in First Thessalonians, that this is the will of God, your sanctification. This is the will of God. If there's one thing that you want to know, that what is God's will concerning your life, it is your sanctification. God is very clear about that, your sanctification. So we, we, we don't move too behind because we are following our flesh or we don't go too ahead of God because we are also following our flesh. An example would be maybe, um, you know, God gives you a personal word that he's trying to turn you into a business mongol or someone who is going to be super rich. You don't have to go too ahead of God. You move with God's timing. You don't 
then someone will instantly start uh i'm doing this business i'm putting this money here i'm doing this all sort of things which are ahead of god just because he received one word from god that i'm going to make you into this or this is what i am doing and the other on the other hand another person will say you know god is going to make me a billionaire so from today i'm going to resign from anything that i'm doing and i'm just going to sit at home and enjoy this life you know so we 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 we, we go too behind or too ahead of god and then god's work is inhibited in our lives but god wants us to flow with him god wants to go step by step with us so that we move in sync in sync to fulfill his will for our lives um we'll go to the next can we go back to songs of solomon verse 17 until the day breaks and the shadows flee away until so <clears throat> this work of god in our lives is until a certain day and jesus specifically told peter that what i do now you don't know but you know after now in our lives you'll be wondering why this is happening why do i have to do this why do i have to go here why must i stop um levy was speaking last night and he said you know to come into sonship there are some things that you have to cut off the like social media but you ask yourself why why should i stay off social media why can't i be like everybody why can't i have instagram this is god's answer to you you know after you know after no now you will know after um like the uh, i will i'll use an example like this morning as i spent time in prayer i was praying about something totally different but then the lord began to show me that you know uh you should be able to do this and this when you have children and i said i, I was saying to myself that you know the problem that i'm tackling now has nothing to do with what you are told what what you are describing is even like 15 years from now or 12 years from now but this is this is god's way of operating you know what he's doing you don't know now you would know when you get there you would know in due time but now you don't know so um in 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 it's it is it is very important that as we go through this process of uh enjoying god's love allowing god's love to come in and to sanctify our lives to do all this work that we don't we, we don't stay in the loop or in the position where we keep asking that 
why this, why that? We need to grow out of that. We need to grow out of that. And like it was said of Sarah, that Sarah judged God faithful. You need to come to that place where you judge God's faithful. The person you are dealing with, the person you are working with, you judge him faithful. That it is God I'm dealing with. I've judged him faithful. I've decided and settled that he is faithful. He's not going, he's not a 419 guy. He's not trying to scam me and move with that flow. Can we go to chapter three? Um, so that we quickly run round up. <clears throat> okay. Can, can we read from verse one to verse five? That's... Yeah. By night on my bed, I sought the one I loved. I sought him, but I did not find him. I will rise now, I said, and go about the city in the streets and in the squares. I will seek the one I love. I sought him, but I did not find him. The watchmen who go about the city found me. I said, have you seen the one I love? Scarcely have I passed by them when I found the one I love. I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him to the house of my mother and into the chamber of her who conceived me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or by the doors of the field, do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. Thank you. Thank you. So um, just to round up quickly. Um, so we have this picture where the beloved at night um, sought the, bri um, the bridegroom because of the walls that she has built. Now she's looking for the bridegroom. There's a desire in her to want to, to, to be with the bridegroom, to have the bridegroom for herself. Then she goes searching for the bridegroom. She goes searching for the bridegroom. The, the mention of watchmen who go about the city found me. Um, this watchman, they speak to, they, they speak about the leaders in, the leaders or the men of God that God has placed in various spheres, spheres of the body of Christ. And in our search or in our, in our desire to, to, to really enjoy and to be consumed by this love there there is no way we can come into that without coming under a ministry or a man of god who can lead us into it a watchman who can speak to us and guide us there. Um, we we had we saw a bit of it when Levy was speaking last night. That 
as sons that, that we, we, we should have someone we should be hearing. We should have someone who speaks into our, who, who is able to speak into our life. And he gave an example that when he's with his wife, then his wife must have somebody, if, he, if he's not listening, his wife must have somebody that she can call and instantly he's brought into check. If God has made it so that we, we have overseers, Peter said that, Peter called them overseers, bishops. It's translated as bishops, but overseers, people who shepherd God's flock. And this is the arrow. This is the arrow. So in all this is contained in God's work of sanctification. It's very important. God does not want us to be isolated. God did not create a body to have isolated members doing whatever they like, however they like it. It's very important that you stay connected to the roots and the, 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 the fatness of the branch to, to be able to come and enjoy this love that God has prepared for us. Then finally, in verse 5, we are breaking into another part. He says, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. So I, I have a number of questions, just two. Um, for our quick meditation, we want to think about these things. What, what is the biggest fox destroying or inhibiting God's work in your life? You know, what is the biggest fox? We all have foxes that are, you, you might have one fox that maybe for some it is laziness, you know, you just can't um discipline himself yourself to wake up say a prayer or you just can't discipline yourself to even read a verse in the bible and also which walls are keeping god out of fellowship with us it's very important that we realize that Jesus is standing at the door and he's knocking. The door cannot be opened by him. It is opened by the one who is inside. So he's standing and he's knocking. Open the door for Jesus. So what door have you logged out? Have you logged Jesus out of? There are some who think academics are not for Jesus. When it comes to academics, it is brain power. It is the mind. The others who think when it comes to work, you keep Jesus out. You know, you work is work. Show us that you are good. But in all these things, like we learned in our, in our Bible study in Colossians, that. In him exist all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So there is no branch 
of anything in this world that Christ cannot have preeminence or does not have preeminence. So quickly, I would want us to say this prayer for the next 10 minutes. Just two prayers effectively, since we are out of time. The first prayer is, Lord, give me the grace to overcome these weaknesses, weaknesses that are inhibiting your work. And then, Lord, I open the door to you for I know and believe that you are standing at the door. And for I know and believe that you are standing at the door and knocking. I have heard your knock and I give in. In the name of Jesus. Mash